Yo, 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 we are back. Oh, man. Damn. This is King Known Uncensored, man. We got that game for playoff talk. And it's unfortunate that we have to do a land of the eliminated this early. Damn, Brooklyn. Y'all the first ones to go? Uh, uh, uh. T-Bird. Why ain't you get at me about that shit, dawg? Uh, uh, uh. Steve Nash. Why ain't you get at me about that shit, dawg? <laughs> Yo, I just got through calling your house. <laughs> Is that right? <laughs> why ain't y'all, wait, why ain't Brooklyn get at me about that shit, dawg? Y'all talked all that shit at the Olympics talking about, uh, oh man, uh, we gonna fuck you doka niggas up. Oh, was that right? <laughs> man, man, man. This is a sad, sad situation that Brooklyn going through. But before we get to Atlanta to eliminate it, we gotta start at a few games, a few days behind here. got to start at Philadelphia, right? Or somebody played a uh, game four first on that night. Okay. Yeah, like I said, we start at Saturday, right? That's the first game one. I mean, game four. Philadelphia and Toronto. Toronto had finally stepped into the win column as they beat Philadelphia 110 to 102. I mean, Joel Embiid did not play well. And James Harden, despite him leading all scorers with 22 points, shot 5 of 17 from the field, 2 of 8 from 3, 9 assists. Not good enough, man. Like, James Harden has been horrible in this series. He's been god-awful. And Maxie and Harden, uh, Maxie and uh, Harris have hidden his weaknesses and flaws as being incapable of being a leader. Then, now, now all the uh, LeBron stands going to be like, but what about KD? I never said KD was a leader. I said that he was pretty. He was pretty good at. He was doing good at the beginning of the season when Kyrie couldn't play. When James Harden was hurt half the season, he had the Nets number one in the East. That was a fact. But however, that is neither here nor there. Um, Tobias Harris, fifteen points, whatever. Toronto. Pascal Siakam, thirty-four points, eight rebounds, five assists. Easily his best performance. Uh, of the series, uh, Gary Trent Jr., 24 points on 8 of 20 shooting. That's rough.
let's move on to, um, let's see, we had Saturday, right? Let's move on to Dallas and Utah. Utah on a lucky alley-oop. Wins 99 to 100. Because I thought Dallas was going to go up 3-1. I'm not even going to hold you. Because this game was really fucking close. And Luka Doncic had just came back. A lot of people were banking on Dallas winning this game. But Utah got their home court back and tied the series. Now Luka Doncic had 30 points in his return. That's crazy. Jalen Brunson, 23 points. And then Bullock, Finney Smith, and Powell... All had 11 points. Donovan Mitchell had a light 23 and 7 assists. Gobert had 17 points and 15 rebounds. And the game-winning bucket. I mean, Rudy Gobert, low-key for the Jazz, has been the best player in this series. Because nobody on Dallas can check him. And it's a damn shame that it took them this long to figure out that Rudy Gobert is a mismatch. However, Donovan Mitchell has been the most disappointing player in this series, hands down. And Jordan Clarkson off the bench had 25 points. That pretty much saved Utah, in my opinion. entertaining game um, as the Timberwolves you know I was kind of drunk looking at this game so excuse me if I don't remember particular moments from this game like I should have but Desmond Bain man this dude has stepped up in this series John Morant played he, he didn't shoot well from the field but he was very valuable in this game as the Memphis Grizzlies lose to the Minnesota Timberwolves as the Timberwolves take back their home court. As home as home court is protected on both ends. As it goes into game five in Memphis tomorrow. Um, Dylan Brooks had 24 points. Desmond Bain had 34 points and eight three-pointers, y'all. Brandon Clark provided more energy off the bench. Then he did the game before. They just didn't close it out. I mean, it came down to the last ones with the ball. And that happened to be Minnesota. Carl Anthony Towns actually showed up. He's not a kitty cat anymore. He's a full-blown tiger now. I made fun of him, but I got to keep that same energy and give Carl Anthony Towns some credit for playing harder. I just wish it was more like that every game for him. Like, he's more than capable of 25 points and 12 rebounds. But he got 33 points and 14 rebounds. Anthony Edwards 
despite a scary knee injury, he must have popped that motherfucker back on like an action figure and came back out there and shot 7 of 14 from the field and 4 of 8 from 3. Pat Bev had 17 points, easily his best game of the series. Meanwhile, D'Angelo Russell did not shoot well. He shot 3 of 12 from the field, but it didn't matter as they pulled out a game 4 victory. to Sunday's games as Milwaukee beat the brakes off of Chicago on 119-95 and this is without Chris Middleton y'all Utah ought to be I mean not Utah but who, who I proclaim as Utah of the East the Chicago Bulls DeMar DeRozan in DeMar DeFrozen fashion just got obliterated by the Milwaukee Bucks and completely bullied as after the second quarter the starters were sitting the rest of the game it really got bad for them Giannis Antipo Negro 32 points 17 rebounds and 7 assists after the dethroning of the Brooklyn Nets, it's safe to say that Giannis is the best player in the world, and he deserves the crown of number one. He should go on stage and say, I'm the newest member of the Rockefeller team. Drew Holiday, 26 points and seven assists. But the story of the game really was Grayson Allen's 27 points off the bench as he was cooking DeMar DeRozan, cooking Zach Levine, cooking Alex Caruso. 26, 27 points, 10 of 12 from the field, 6 of 7 from 3. There was nobody that could stop this kid. This guy looked like Jesus. But that was wild and crazy right there. I just couldn't believe that Billy Donovan really set his starters. DeRozan had 23 points, mostly in garbage time. Patrick Williams had 20 points in garbage time. Zach Levine had 24 points and 13, 13 assists. Wow. I can't believe they wasted a good game from Zach. I'm disappointed in the Bulls. Even though they're doing exactly what I expected them to do, which was win one game. Alright, Golden State and Denver. Golden State let one slip away. Time is slipping away from me. 
All right. All I can really say is, man, Golden State had this game in the bag. Even though Denver controlled the game, it was still a chance for Golden State to win. I mean, if you would have told me Steph would have had 33, Clay would have had 32, Andrew Wiggins, of all people, Wiggins, would have had 20, Draymond had 13, which is probably a career high, and shot 5 of 6, had 11 rebounds and 6 assists, and you would have told me Golden State would have lost, I would have laughed in your fucking face. But they did lose because they let Denver get confidence. And I know Golden State is pissed. And I'm pretty sure they're going to blow them out in game five. Nikola Jokic, though, 37 points, finally doing MVP things. It took him a while, but he finally closed out a game. And this is all I really wanted from Denver was to win a game. 37 points, eight rebounds, six assists. Monte Morris was the story of the game. He hit some big shots. 7-11 from the field, 5-7 from three. Bones Highland was huge. Man, have you heard Bones Highland talk? That nigga sound like a 12-year-old Philly nigga. Like, he sounds like he hadn't went through puberty yet, man. He sounds like a, like a baby. DeMarcus Cousins had 10 points. Aaron Gordon had 21 points. He was huge. I mean, it really literally came down to a bucket or two. That's a tough way to lose, knowing damn well that you really should have won the game. Now Miami comes into Atlanta and beats the dog shit out of them. 110 to 86. There's been a lot of blowouts. It's been a shit ton of blowouts, y'all. 110 to 86. As the Miami Heat got maximum effort in a 36-point game from Jimmy Bullet. That's what I'm talking about, Jimmy. You gotta play like this every fucking game. 12 of 21 from the field. 36 points from Jimmy Butler. Wow. That's incredible. Shout out to Jimmy. Bam at a buyout, 14 points. PJ Tucker, 14 points. That's got to be a career high. And they did this without Kyle Lowry, too. Wow. Victor Oladipo finally got some clock. So the rumor that I got was from Skip Bayless and Jimmy Butler and Victor Oladipo called cap on the situation. They said that Jimmy was responsible for Vincent Victor Oladipo not getting any minutes. But in a press conference, they both called cap on it. And Eric Spolstra was just being mindful of Victor Oladipo's minutes. And Spo figured out a way to put him out there. And he fucked around and got eight rebounds and four assists and six points. Man, Victor Oladipo would be the wild card in the next series going forward because we know Atlanta's not coming back. Like, they're not going to beat Miami in Miami. I don't see it. 
This series is going a lot quicker than I expected. I thought Atlanta was going to get two at home. And then Miami was just going to beat the brakes out of them in Atlanta like this in game six. But I was wrong. Ice tray was ice cold. So I say, as he only had nine points, shot three of ten from the field. And all of his attempts but one were threes. Trey Young has to get easier shots. I mean, they have to dig themselves out of a 3-1 hole. And that's very difficult to do against a championship caliber team that has had championship experience. I don't see it happening. I mean, Atlanta was lucky to really get into the playoffs. I mean, I understand that they had a rough start and things of that nature. I mean, DeAndre Hunter led all scorers with 24, 9-13 from the field. And Kevin Knox... Atlanta needs to give him more clock. I mean, he had 12 points and four three-pointers in garbage time. Atlanta's actually a pretty deep team. It's just that Miami just got their number. I think that's what it comes down to at the end of the day. Uh-oh. Could this be an upset alert? On the way, as Phoenix with no book got destroyed by the New Orleans Pelicans. Ha, the only team that I'm rocking with in the whole playoffs. 118 to 103. But yeah, man. DeAndre Ayton led all scorers with 23 points. Chris Paul having four points, that's not acceptable. That's not enough to get it done. He's going back to CP0. We haven't seen CP0 in a very, very long time. CP0 has not made an appearance in Phoenix up until this point. Ever since Chris Paul got on to Phoenix, CP0 has not showed his face. But one, but one time, and obviously that time was in this game. Two of eight from the field. Zero of three from three. Like, I understand you're, you're a point guard and all that, but my nigga, you need more than eight attempts. Now New Orleans looks like they held down their home court. As the, shiri, as the series shifts back, to, to Phoenix. Ayton was 11 to 14, 23 points, but nobody else on Phoenix stepped up except JaVale McGee, who was 7 of 7. Yeah, man. Phoenix definitely misses Devin Booker for sure because Brandon Ingram is becoming a star. Brandon Ingram is, the, is who I thought he was. The Lakers gave up on him too quick. 
in order to appease somebody that's not even in the playoffs. <laughs> uh, 30 points from Ingram. Jonas Valley and Shunis bounce back after a rough night in game three. 26 points and 15 rebounds. Jonas Valley and Shunis is becoming the ultimate pro. He's becoming one of the league's best big men. He might be a top five, top 10 big man in this game. CJ McCollum, 18 points, nine rebounds. He didn't shoot it particularly well. But Brandon Ingram and Jonas Valiant Shooters provided him with some help to mask the possible issues that were going on. But in my personal opinion, Phoenix is in trouble. Now, I do still think that Phoenix is going to win the series, but this series might be a seven-game series. Not going to hold you up. And we get to the game of the day. Boston officially sweeps the Brooklyn Nets as Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown destroyed the Naps on Kevin Durant. As Tatum scored 29 points, Jalen Brown had 22 points, Marcus Smart had 20 points and 11 assists, Grant Williams had 14 points. Kevin Durant actually decided to show up to the party and score a series-high 39 points, but it was too little, too late. Kyrie Irving scored 20 points. Seth Curry had 23 points. Nicholas Claxton had 13 points. Andre Drummond only got three minutes. Like, you got to be kidding me. Like, Aldridge didn't play. Kessler Edwards didn't play. Dayron Sharp didn't play. Cam Thomas didn't play. Like, it's embarrassing to be the first team to get to lose, let alone get swept. And this is the first time that Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant were swept. Pour out a little liquor for Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving. Man, oh man, oh man. This is embarrassing. Like, Kevin Durant shouldn't have waited until game four to actually play with a sense of urgency. But the story of this series, let's talk about this series as a whole because this is the big series that everybody wanted to watch. Kevin Durant and turnovers. Now, I get that Boston is a top two defense. I get it. But Durant, I have never seen him turn over the ball. I've never seen Kevin Durant dribble so much in a series. And Kyrie Irving playing through Ramadan was ridiculous. That wasn't really a good idea. And then you could just tell the lack of chemistry within this team due to Kyrie's absence. And I knew that was going to come back to haunt them. I had said when the playoffs started that the Brooklyn Nets cannot play street ball and expect to win a series, especially against the Boston Celtics team that's hungry. And this has shifted the hierarchy in basketball as Jason Tatum's stock has risen past Kevin Durant. And I think after this series, I believe that Jason Tatum is a better basketball player than Kevin Durant because he's a two-way player for one. Yes, Kevin Durant is a legend and a two-time champion. I get that, but it's a young man's game, 
And unfortunately, sometimes you can just be the past. You the past, bro. I'm not saying it's the end for Kevin Durant in Brooklyn, but Brooklyn needs to make a lot of changes. And Jalen Brown stock has risen. I think Jalen Brown could be a top 15, top 10 to 15 player in basketball because he's also a two-way player that's unrecognized and underrated. I can tell you this, Jason, Jalen Brown is better than Donovan Mitchell. He's definitely better than Kyrie Irving. I can tell you that. But the story of this series was just the turnovers. And Steve Nash is incapable of making up good lineups because you would start Andre Drummond and then sit him a whole entire half. Now, mind you, Andre Drummond still in his career has never gotten out of the first round of the playoffs, which makes you wonder. Andre Drummond is bad luck, y'all. Andre Drummond is bad luck. I'm convinced. Because even he brought bad luck to LeBron James and Kevin Durant. Back to back to back. But it's bigger than Andre Drummond here. The issue is coaching. It's poor coaching. The GM, I'm not going to front. I'm not going to. I mean, I did say... I only said Brooklyn got the better end of the deal because of the two first-round picks that they got. Not necessarily because they gained Ben Simmons. Ben Simmons, I know Stephen A. ripped you, bro, but Stephen A. is the wrong messenger. Uh, Stephen A is the wrong messenger because he's a coon who is hated on Kyrie, who hates on African-American players, who never check the Caucasian players when they play bad, when they play horrible. You continuously called Aaron Rodgers a bad man, but never shit on him when he has piss poor performances in the playoffs though but you want to talk shit about Ben Simmons and how much money he makes and all that other shit you are the wrong deliverer of a mess of the message now Shaq and Charles Barkley who actually played basketball are the correct messengers and I'm gonna say this about Ben Simmons you're a coward how you gonna sit there and lie time and time again it's no bad time you know what I'm saying how are you just going to lie and say you're playing game four, but you not only quit, but you don't even sit on the bench with your team. You you on whole shit. And then I heard Rich Paul and the Nets management are talking about discussing his future with the Nets. The Nets should trade him for a bag of Funyuns. The nigga should be traded for for a box of pox, popsicles. Ben Simmons is a coward, man. He is a complete coward. He left the homies on stuck. Why you leave the little homies on stuck? You know damn well that Brooklyn needed your ass. Your playmaking and your explosiveness at the rim. Now your back hurts. 
this is just a bit uh, uh, an embarrassment to the league. I think Ben Simmons should be banned from the league. And this man has stolen money. That man has stolen money. Landedly eliminated the Brooklyn Nets. The number one priority this offseason is fire Steve Nash. I know Chuck said don't blame Steve Nash. Fuck that, Chuck. Fuck that. This nigga is the worst coach of all time. He should never get a head coaching job in the NBA ever a fucking game. This nigga's a piece of shit. Nobody want to talk about the Caucasian coaches and shit like that. I will. He should never. I'd rather have Quinn Snyder coaching than the fucking Steve Nash. You are overrated as a player. You don't deserve to be NBA top 75. I said it. I don't give a fuck. You are a decent basketball player. But Hall of Fame? What a joke. This nigga got a job for nothing. Off the street. Didn't have prior experience or nothing. It's like letting a nigga off the street coach. You have two of the most skilled basketball players in the world on one team. And you couldn't win a fucking playoff game. You are a piece of shit. Get the fuck out the league. Get the fuck out the league, dog. Get the fuck out the league, nigga. You don't deserve nothing. You are nothing. Brooklyn needs a coach. Brooklyn needs a black coach. Mark Jackson, what's up? Mark Jackson. Brooklyn needs you, man. And I'm saying this on behalf of the Brooklyn Nets fans that were disappointed and that are upset. I feel y'all. I'm not even a fan of y'all. I'm not a KD fan. I'm a Kyrie fan, though. But I'm not a KD fan at all. But KD and Kyrie were shitty this series, but I had to get... I had to let off... I, I had to let off the AK on Nash. Because he is... I had to let that out. I was infuriated with this nigga. It's like the lineups... You don't play Cam Thomas one fucking minute. This was a guy in college that averaged 23 points. This nigga had some big games for y'all. Did you see this nigga? Are you blind, Steve Nash? Do do you need your eyes checked, Steve Nash? You white dyke built motherfucker. Can you see? This young, talented motherfucker and Cam Thomas that I felt was drafted too late in the draft. He was a mid-first-round pick. Easy work. How in the entire fuck do you not play this young man one minute? LaMarcus Aldridge doesn't get one minute. Did you see this man this season? Score. Mid-range jumpers out the post. Like, just like in Portland. Now, he may not, might have been a liability on defense, but I'm taking my chances. You don't play, I'm not even an advocate of Blake Griffin. I hate Blake Griffin. I hate Blake Griffin to my core. I hate that one-legged son of a bitch. I hate that ginger son of a bitch to the core. But 
me, Quentin Cleary, would have gave this man 10 minutes a game. You need all the bodies that you can in a series where Boston is coming for your neck. These are young, hungry niggas coming for the crown that Durant and Kyrie have. And you don't play this man until game three. Where's your defensive adjustments? I didn't see 1-3-1 in this series. I seen man-to-man a lot. Kyrie Irving was getting his ass busted. Kevin Durant was getting bust down like a brick in the projects. Kevin Durant couldn't check nobody. And I mean nobody. Patty Mills can't check nobody. Seth Curry can't check nobody. You niggas can't be serious. You didn't play Dayron Sharp at all, who gave you good minutes. He's good for 10 and 10. He would have been out there. He could have been an answer to Al Horford or Robert Williams or Daniel Tice. This nigga didn't empty the bench one time. You look at a guy like Glenn Taylor or or Taylor Jenkins. Oh, I mean, Glenn Finch. And and Taylor Jenkins, who go deep into their bench, who plays 10 to 12 guys. You only played eight. And you wonder why Kyrie is out there about to pass out. A nigga ain't eat. And you want to play him 38, 39 minutes. Come on, Steve Nash. Come on, Nash. Kessler Edwards, who was a great young defensive player. You cut James Johnson, who could have been perfect to check up on Brown and Tatum. You cut James Johnson. Sean Marks, you got to be fired too. You got to go. You got to go, Sean Marks. I I gave you your props for getting those two first-round picks, but you got to go for cutting James Johnson. That was dumb. And and Kessler Edwards did not play but one game this series, and that was game one. Who's a 3 and D guy, by the way. It's like you can't be serious. You don't go deep into your bench at all the entire series, bro. And this is why Steve Nash should be fired. That's the first priority. I mean, I would give Sean Marks one more year before I fire him. I would give Sean Marks one more year. If I were Kyrie Irving, I'm going to be honest with you. I would opt out my contract. I would do the Kyrie Irving. I would dip and hop on another team because you're not a number one option. I know this is your team. I know this is the team that you've always wanted. (laughs) This is the same nigga that said, I got a a bad motherfucker that could, uh, that I'm teamed up with a bad motherfucker that could uh, shoot. Right? But that bad motherfucker didn't show up but one game. You thought KD was going to take you to the promised land, huh? You thought leaving LeBron, you was going to be the man, huh? 
Oh, you mad now? <laughs> That's a goddamn shame. The karma gods have come back on the net for cheating the game by getting James Harden in the first place. But yeah, man. If I'm Kyrie, I would opt out my contract. And I would search free agency for a di- another team. I mean, hey, bruh. Why don't you come down to Dallas and fuck with Luka? Or you and Donovan Mitchell can form a super team somewhere. That'll be good. But if Kyrie does stay with Kevin Durant, that's fine. That'd be some real shit. I mean, Charles Barkley was discussing this tonight. You got three guys that's making 40 million. The only saving grace is those first round picks that you got from Philadelphia for James Harden. I mean, Brooklyn is a decent team, but they need a new identity. They need a new style of play. They need a smarter coach. I think Mark Jackson, Quinn Snyder, Frank Vogel. Um, I mean, they would they could use a nigga like Frank Vogel because he would let he would make them play defense. They definitely need a, a, a defensive-minded coach. I mean, they de- I mean, Mark Jackson would probably be the perfect fit for them. They also, yeah, they need a coach that's willing to go ten to twelve deep. Because I like Dayron Sharp. I like Kessler Edwards. I like Cam Thomas, but they definitely need to get younger. They need defensive-minded goons. I mean, I'd go after both Morris twins if I'm Brooklyn. And then maybe, just maybe, another scorer. They need a scorer from the post. Somebody in the post like Horford. Like, they need somebody on that level. Because I feel like the Nets are one or two players away from a championship caliber team. It just wasn't their year to do this. I mean, not with... You can't win playing one-on-one basketball and one professor uh, hot sauce basketball. You can't fucking do it. You can't. My man ain't in the middle of the arena going, oh, baby. You know what I'm saying? You need a system. You see why Kevin Durant did so well in Golden State? It was because they had a system where Kevin Durant got wide open jump shots. Kevin Durant was tightly guarded the entire series. I mean... Boston definitely studied the tape of last year because this is the same team that they beat in five games last year. Did they miss Harden? Maybe. 
because they didn't have a guy on the court that could set everybody up. Right? But we but I don't think that I mean Kevin Durant did have a shitty series. He played horrible. Kyrie Irving doing Ramadan and not being mentally strong enough to survive the series also played a role. But my 60% person who was responsible is Steve Nash. He didn't make the proper adjustments. He didn't run any plays. And he had no answer and did not study the Boston Celtics weaknesses. This is what a coach sits down and does. Steve Nash acted like a civilian in this game. He is the most mediocre coach of all time, y'all. And that's pretty much everything that I have to say. This is King Known Uncensored. Game four. Land of the Eliminated Brooklyn. And I'm out.